everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems podcast. This is a show where we like to talk about hidden gems on streaming services and what you might not know is out there to watch. It's so much fun. I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey Rachel, it's great to be back with you once again. Uh, things are things are ramping up now that Halloween is officially in the books. It's like things are really starting to uh, starting to get busy. I know I know you're making, making your way through all the Hallmark movies. I've been reading yeah. the reviews, and it's been like, how many of these things can they make? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can believe it. We're already on week four, weekend four this week. Oh, <laughs> we wow. just couldn't finish weekend four. <laughs> Well, um, we've already had almost a month <laughs> well i i honestly kind of i i honestly love stuff like this i love um i love a lot of stuff going on and you know working a lot with hallmarkies and that yeah. that whole thing's gonna be announced i'm sure in a little in on a later date uh things at my job are getting busy you know uh i was i'm doing collabs you know it's just fun stuff yeah. very fun stuff very fun. And uh, so, yeah, but we're here to talk about Hidden Gems. And and today we're talking about one of our favorites. Yeah, Disney Plus episode Disney 13. Plus. <laughs> if we can get to a 15, I will be very pleasantly surprised. Oh, not, you think not, that... <laughs> not, to say that, not to say that I didn't have a hard time. It just, you know, it just pleasantly surprised in that this is the one we started off on. And we yeah. haven't gotten to 15 of anything here. So it's really really does say something as to how far we've come in like true. the years we've done this. It's true. I mean, originally we were thinking that's the only one we were going to do because it was only going to be a couple of weeks. So we were just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how naive we were. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but before we talk about the hidden gems on Disney Plus, we wanted to talk about the new release of Home Sweet Home Alone. Uh, anybody oh, who follows geez. my channel knows how much I love the original Home Alone. It was a really formative movie for me. It was the first comedy that I ever really loved. I saw it with my grandparents when I was out in California for my 10-year-old birthday part, birthday trip that we used to do. And I was just about to turn 10. And I saw it and I thought it was hilarious and I loved it. And I actually, I mean, I love the second one. I have not seen three through five. So I'm not a Home Alone uh, expert, I guess. <laughs> have you seen any of those? I've seen three, honestly, way too many times. It, it's a bit <laughs> of a guilty pleasure. I, I know it's, it's not exactly great and I understand that, but it's one of those where it's like, I weirdly kind of like it. I mean, mm -hmm. if anything, it, it's like they try and cram like this North Korean spy movie into Home Alone. It, it's just, <laughs> it's a weird flex. And so it, it's like, it's a weird oddity. And not to mention the fact that Scarlett Johansson is in the movie, like before she would become Scarlett mm -hmm. Johansson that we right. know, like Black Widow and Lost in Translation, among other things. Yeah, I've heard that, that she's in it. <laughs> but four through five, I have not seen. And I have unfortunately seen this movie, and I would rather... 90, <laughs> 90 minutes of my life, I'm never getting back. But Yeah, agreed. I, I was actually pretty optimistic. I can't remember if I gave it an orange in our preview show. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. Podcast. I think I might have. I thought that the trailer looked pretty good, and... I, you know, I was open to it and looking forward to it. So I was just really disappointed by this film. I, 
I, you, you can read my full review. I'll put a link in the description, but I just felt like it was so many misguided decisions. And, and it was just clear to me that these people had no idea the original appeal of the home alone. Uh, and the idea to make the, to make the, the robbers, these like sympathetic people that are losing their house was so misguided. Yeah, in the original, they Marvin Harry were criminals. We kind of love them, but they're criminals. Yeah. They like break they them. almost kill Kevin at, at one point. Like Joe Pesci literally threatens him by saying, "I'm gonna break off each and every one of these fingers one yeah. at a time." And it's like, jeez, this is dark. Yeah. And for the movie Home Sweet Home Alone to turn the villains of the movie into the this couple, the the father lost his job. The father, this poor man. This poor guy goes through so much. He loses his job. He like he has to sell his home. Like he is just and he gets hit in the head with so many things. He gets into yeah. a fender bender. He gets a boil on his head like that big. He gets mm -hmm. hit in the head with pool balls with a gallon of milk and a thing of flour. It's like yeah. C, like people worried about CTE are just gonna be like. You're entitled for compensation, yeah. dude. It's like, seriously. I mean, just the car accident alone would be enough to go to the hospital. And like all of that could have been fine if they're bad guys. Like it's just fundamentally you don't understand the appeal. Like the whole idea of the original Home Alone is that it, it's like somewhat funny to, to see basically ambles fall on bad guys. Like it's, it's a, a kind of a, a live action Wile E. Coyote skit, you know, is, mm -hmm. is the idea. And that's funny because they're terrible, you know, they're bad. And it's also a fairly small part of the actual film. If you, if you watch it, it's really only about the last 15 minutes, maybe 20, that is the actual physical violence. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. And that was part of the problem too, is that they, they made everything way too easier, way too easy for this little kid. Uh, I mean, he, he just one of the, the uh, booby traps alone with the trampoline, he couldn't do that by himself. Yeah. He couldn't move that. And like, you could say that maybe for some of the ones in the original, but for the most part, they were relatively doable, you know, like putting a nail on the ground and ornaments and, you know, paint uh, cans and things like that. Like, it's not that undoable. And like, you were endeared to him because he things weren't easy for him you know he struggled he he one of the best scenes in the whole movie is him when he steals the toothbrush because he's scared and so that that gets you attached to him and then when he's scared of the furnace in the basement uh, and you just had none of that here and uh, so it was just a real disappointment yeah they put the the plot of the original home alone through like the cartoon omatic there is no evolution mm -hmm. to any of these characters. You feel nothing for them. It just, yeah. it's so many. And you, you, Rachel, do you know the review of, from Siskel and Ebert where they reviewed Jaws the Revenge? Mm -hmm. And and there's the moment in where, where Roger's like, and I stood up in the entire theater and I, and I yelled out, his shirt is dry. <laughs> like I had one of those shirt is dry moments when, one of the traps, I'm going to spoil it. Don't watch the movie. I'm yeah. going to spoil it. One of the traps involves basically this kid throwing 
whole two liter bottles of Mentos and Diet Coke, or well, legally distinct Diet Coke, yeah, down right. on one of one down on the on the wife. And I actually did a Mentos and Coke experiment in middle school. Once that Mentos hits the hits the Diet Coke, it's game over. It's like right. And to, they treat this like it's a hand grenade. It's like pull the pin, you have a bit, then you throw. It's like no, once the Mentos hits it, it's game over. So, right. and there's a break in which the Mentos hits it, and then there's like a break, and then right. it falls, and then it explodes. It's like no, it doesn't work like that. Right. I mean, literally, as a 24-year-old man, I literally yelled at the screen, Mentos and Coke doesn't work <laughs> like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and also it it was beyond unbelievable when uh, after all that he's put these p- two people through that uh, that he uh, that he says, oh, I'm alone. And she's like, oh, well, why don't you stay with us? <laughs> I don't know. It was just so misguided. It was bad. So yeah, I, uh, I gave it a, I think a three or a three and a half out of 10. Uh, you were being but incredibly generous. I probably was. I, if I had, on my scale, I gave it a horrid, but on your scale, I'll give it a one and a half because the yeah. one is for Archie Yates. He seems like he's legitimately trying and hopefully mm-hmm. he does get more work in the future because he was good in Jojo Rabbit. So there is talent there. And the half a star, I will give them credit for one of the traps involving, I'll spoil it. There's basically, it involves the wife walking across a floor of Legos. And yeah. that that's one where I was, I was legitimately like, <laughs> like I was legitimately wincing at that because I've stepped on Legos. I've gotten like Legos stuck in between like my fingers. It is not comfortable. And so for her to have to go through that is just like okay movie that was actually quite good so that's the half like that's the one and that's the half the rest yeah garbage yeah it was it was not good all right after that unfortunate let's talk about our hidden gems so we have so we have for my i'll go first uh, we have uh, Olaf Presents is my first suggestion for Hidden Gems. And I know you hate Olaf, but this is actually pretty funny. It's basically Olaf kind of recreating and doing skits based on the Disney classics. And so like he, he's, he's telling the story of the Little Mermaid or you know, these different Disney films. And it's actually funny. Like I was laughing and... Um, and they're only like three and a half minutes long. So you don't have to uh, put up with it for long. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. So there we go. I, I would like to state for the record that I actually don't hate Olaf. I hate Olaf's Frozen Adventure because they put it in front of Coco. And when I saw it, I saw it at 10 o'clock at night. There was Mm -hmm. 20 minutes of trailers plus a 25-minute short, not to mention the fact that Coco is two hours long. So I I left that theater close to two in the morning because of that stupid snowman and his friggin' fruitcake. (laughs) So I want to say that I'm now, I'm kind of indifferent towards Olaf. I know a lot of people like him, and the last thing that I want to be is 
the, the like the old man yelling at the clouds like you have if you like him that's great but i just do not i do not care for that short it, it's bad enough that the trailers have gotten longer since theaters have opened back mm-hmm. up we're getting like pepsi ads and matt damon crypto ads now it, it's like yeah it's like it, it it's been exacerbated since the pandemic i would have thought oh we might scale this back no it's gone even longer but that's not the form. I didn't for, uh, for the for my on that on that particular thing. I didn't mind it because I it's not the first time that they've done a longer featurette before a film like uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol is famously was before uh, the Rescuers. Uh, they had uh, they had uh, the three Mouseketeers. One Mickey and the and Prince and the Popper was before the Rescuer before they Down Under. So I don't, I, I, I was like, more stuff. Yay. <laughs> Plus I have to admit, I went to the panel on it from a D23. And so I was already kind of like pumped about it. Um, so I didn't mind that short. I thought it was fun, but, um, but uh, yeah, I know I'm in the vast minority of it, but, uh, but yeah, this, these are just funny. Like you, they, they, there's these little sort of takes on Tangled and Moana and Little Mermaid, and so I I enjoy them. And like I said, they're only three and a half minutes, so maybe they learned their lesson as far as length. <laughs> so, what do you have first for your first pick? So my first choice is from two thousand nine, and this is this is a Disney animated movie that I that I honestly kind of forgot about, but then when I was looking up things to recommend I was like oh yeah this was actually secretly good and I'm going to be talking about Bolt this is from 2009 it has John Travolta in it Miley Cyrus among others it tells the story of this television show and it involves a young girl and her dog and the 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 wrinkle is that the dog named Bolt voiced by Travolta believes that it's entirely real like he has superpowers and all that sort of stuff. He has no concepts of editing and creative cloud and all of that. But then he gets lost and he teams up with this cat who kind of has to weirdly teach him how to be a regular dog again while the, while the girl, played by Miley Cyrus, goes on the hunt for him. I thought this movie was actually quite sweet and it has... It has a lot of positivity to it, not to mention it has some pretty good action scenes in there. And it, it, there's a pretty funny scene in the beginning where it's this big, like, we get to see Bolt's big superpower, like this super bark thing, where it's like, Bolt, speak. And then you speak and he goes, brah, and there's this big explosion. And then in the editing bay, they see it as like, boom, Mike, ah, and they gotta, they either gotta do it all over again, or they gotta, find a way to creatively like remove that boom mic as someone who's been in many editing bays like in my college life I can recommend I can really relate to those struggles but on the whole I think this is one that doesn't get talked about a lot and I really think it should or at least be in more conversations yeah this was a really important movie uh for the Disney company it really helped them transition out of the post-renaissance dark period into the 
this new the revival era some people included in the revival era some people don't but it was it was kind of the base hit that they needed to kind of get back uh, into the swing of things after brother bear and after um after uh, uh home on the range and you know just these misses that they'd had uh this was one that uh, that was pleasant and agreeable and funny and uh, you know everybody loves you know doggy movies so uh it was it was a very important movie in that regard to kind of get them back going yeah and uh and there's a there's a the cat's name is mittens i was trying to think of her name but mm-hmm. mittens and the movie yeah. was actually released in 2008 not 2009 so yeah she's she's funny it's a it's a good one i uh, it's not like one of my favorite by any means but it's perfectly enjoyable and it's totally what they needed at that time so yeah, very good pick kind of like what oliver company did it was like the solid base hit before mm-hmm. they really took off yeah or like great mouse detective too i kind of I kind of lump into that as well. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Very good. All right. Well, my first pick, I mean, my, well, my second pick is, uh, my second pick is uh, the decom, one of the decoms from this year, actually. Uh, it is called Spin and it's now on Disney Plus. It was, is on Disney Channel originally. And it uh, tells the story of a young girl who loves making uh, DJ mixes. Uh, she has one of those kind of panels that she's able to do it and she gets entered into a contest uh, where uh, mixes and uh, her she's Indian uh, uh, and her family owns this Indian restaurant and uh, and she works there and uh, they're not all that supportive of her music what she likes to do Um, but this was this was really solid. I thought the acting was good. I thought it was well made. Uh, I mean, I I know next to nothing about you know DJing or mixing or it's not like my style of music. I would say, but it was still an overall very sweet uh, movie fa- about a family and about this young girl. Um, I could have done almost without. There's sort of a sort of maybe a kind of a, a romantic plot but then like it doesn't really go anywhere doing I, I would have gotten kind of rid of that and there's like her rival dj mixer guy um so i i probably could have done without some of that but it's overall a very pleasant decom yeah from the plot of this it kind of sounds like the basic structure as one of my past recommendations from like a million years ago uh, called Jump In with Corbin Blue and Kiki Palmer about how mm. Corbin Blue was a boxer but then he discovers a love of double dutch and jumping rope and so he mm-hmm. like he starts leaning towards that to the disapproval of his father and so yeah I, I, I would kind of connect it to it through that yeah I mean it's it's sort of a a plot uh trope that you've seen in a lot of other decoms even in High School Musical, where you know, you've got kind of the disapproving dad who doesn't want Troy to go into the, who, the disappointing dad who doesn't want Troy to, to join the uh, the musical, and you know it's a it's kind of a classic coming of age story. So, uh, what do you have next? So my next choice is is from the early two thousands, and it is a Disney Channel series. This was on when I was in like my prime Disney Channel watching years. And it was one of my favorites. It's called American Dragon Jake Long. 
uh, it tells the story of a young boy named, well, Jake Long. Uh, he's voiced by Dante Bosco, who was Rufio and Hook and Fire, or not Fire Lord, but oh. Zuko in uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. So he's got he's got cred. I didn't know and, that was the same guy. That's interesting. Yeah, Dante Bosco gets around. Uh, that's all I will say. Uh, <laughs> The basic structure of the series is that Jake Long can secretly turn into a dragon, and he's a he's a school kid by day, but at night he defends New York City from mythical creatures with the help of his grandfather and his best friend. And he falls in love with a young girl named Haley, who is secretly her, uh, or not her, but his nemesis, except they just don't know it yet. Uh, like I said, this was prime, like when I was in my prime Disney Channel watching like years, this is when they were going from strength to strength. Not only were they their DCOMs doing really well, but their, their live action stuff like Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and Wizards of Waverly Place and others were really, really doing well. And their animated stuff was good as well. There's American Dragon Jake Long and there's a bunch of others that I am really having a hard time remembering, but I'm just glad that American Dragon Jake Long is now on Disney Plus because I can go back and go back and watch it and and have fond memories and such. Cool, yeah, this is one I had never heard of, so that's very interesting, and it sounds fun. Yeah, and there is a there and. The guy that voices his friend, Jake Long's friend, is named Peter Oldring, who has been, who's like a bit actor in like several movies. He's been, recently he's been in movies like Crawl and Greenland. So he's popped up here, there, and everywhere. And it's nice to see. Mm, that's cool. What's he playing Crawl? Uh, he's credited as additional voices. So he's primarily oh. like in the voiceover thing. But oh, okay. It turns cool. out in American Crime Story, he's David E. Kendall in the the Bill Clinton one you were talking oh, about. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he's probably one of the lawyers. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good show. I like this show. I think it's very underrated for this year. Uh, but very cool. Uh, so my next pick is uh, a, I guess some might not say this is a hidden gem, but I think it deserves more love. It is the Cinderella from 1997. This is the Oscar, uh, this this is the Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, version of Cinderella with the kind of the classic Broadway songs. And of course, you've got Whitney Houston playing the fairy godmother and you have Brandy playing Cinderella. And this is just delightful. It, it really holds up well. I, I reviewed it for Family Movie Night when it was added to Disney Plus and I just enjoyed it so much. So I think it's a, it's a real, uh, real winner. And they seem to make Cinderella's like every year, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's one of those stories. I mean, people like stories about underdogs and about, uh, you know, the, the, the belief that good things can happen to people that, uh, you know, like the Cinderella can be rescued. I, it's just a story that just rings true no matter what time period you're in. Going all the way, I mean, thousands of years, uh, there's been Cinderella stories. And not only just the Grimm's version, but like throughout many cultures have their own kind of Cinderella type story. It's very interesting if you go back and, and there have been so many versions of Cinderella. You're absolutely right. Whether it's the, and I've reviewed most of them on my channel, almost all of them, like the slipper in the rose is so much fun uh, done by the Sherman brothers mu musical. 
the Glass Slipper with Leslie Caron is great. Uh, of course, your animated Cinderella. I even like Cinderella 3. It's one of the few good uh, cheap quills. But this one, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. I mean, I just love those Rodgers and Hammerstein songs in, in my own little corner in the room and, and in Impossible and uh, you know, all those great songs. And of course, Whitney Houston and Brandy can deliver the songs and uh, it's got fun choreography and pretty good costumes considering it was a TV movie. And uh, yeah, it's, I know it's one that's really important for a lot of young girls that, that, uh, you know, wanting to see representation on screen, seeing a Cinderella, black Cinderella was very important to a lot of young girls and it's well done. It's, it's very good. I think I may have actually seen this. Did you yeah. did you say Cinderella was played by Brandy Norwood? Mm-hmm. Then I have seen this. It's been yeah, and Whitney Houston is the fairy godmother. It's been a million years, but I have seen it. I have yeah. definitively seen it, and I did enjoy it. I mean, yeah. it's Whitney Houston. What's not to love? Right. Yeah, and she was one of my favorites growing up. I I was so sad when she passed away. Uh, but an incredible voice. <laughs> Somebody All right. What is your next pick? So my next choice is a Disney nature movie. And I have a soft spot for these ones, but this is one that connected to me the most. And maybe it's because I live in Daytona Beach and literally the ocean is about a 20 minute drive from me, but I'm going to recommend Oceans. Uh, this being a Disney nature movie, it's essentially, it's essentially a nature movie. It's about... You know, it tells a story about, well, in this case, the oceans, about whales and underwater life. And Mm -hmm. it's a very peaceful and serene movie. And it brings to light some very serious problems with the oceans, like the plastic and the littering and all that. And that's very important. But ultimately, I I kind of get a serene feeling with this. I I don't know. Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. because, like, when you see, like, just the bottom of the ocean, you see just, like, all the ocean life and the coral and the reefs and it just you feel like you're in another world when you're down there and this particular movie is narrated by Pierce Brosnan and never thought I needed to have James Bond narrate an ocean movie but there you go and he does a pretty good job so I'm not sure if this is my favorite Disney nature one I think that might be African Cats I'd have to go and look it up but I think this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's a lot different than some of the more recent uh, Disney nature films where they really try to almost anthropomorphize the animals and give them like a name and story. And like this one is more of your sort of planet Earth kind of David Attenborough kind of style of uh, of documentaries. And so uh, it's... It, it's, it's just a different, it's just a different style. Like those, those other Disney nature ones are, are really made for like little, little kids, mm-hmm. you know, so that they can bond and have a story and everything like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I enjoy this one a lot. I mean, I'm like you, I absolutely love the ocean and I think it would be fun to watch this movie and then watch um, Becoming Cousteau, uh, which I think we talked about last week. I think it was, I can't remember. It was definitely um I believe it was referenced in the streaming. That's what we talked about in the streaming preview. That's yeah, right. That's, that's the so one. that would be a fun, like double header <laughs> is to watch becoming Cousteau and then watch, uh, watch uh, oceans. So it was a good pick. All right. Well, my next pick 
is, I guess you might say it's a hard left, but it is decorating Disney holiday magic. And this is not really a movie. It's like a special. It's 42 minutes. I was probably on the Disney channel at some point. And it just goes behind the scenes to all the effort that goes into uh, to the uh, holiday magic of particularly Disney World. And I just found it absolutely fascinating, particularly to find out about how they make the, the different trees and just how many pounds the trees are. It's like 35,000 pounds or something, some crazy number and how they basically like have to have a pol- police helping them like close off the roads so that they can get, because the, they take up the entire street uh, on these uh, huge semis. And that was fun uh, to see and, and they, how they get the snow on the castle and and also how they do the gingerbread house at the grand floridian and i just love that kind of behind the scenes stuff it's really fun narrated by it has uh whoopi goldberg and then uh sophia carson and uh, jordan fisher so it was really fun yeah i've in my watch later list on my youtube i uh I've got like three or four like like Disney tours where they've mm-hmm. already got the Christmas decorations up. So I'm oh, def- yeah. Yeah. definitely a fan. I looked up and on the thumbnail it says this was on Freeform, which oh okay. I've, that makes I've sense. always I've always known it as ABC Family. So it, like like yeah. seeing Freeform just kind of seems very foreign to me still. Yeah, it was probably part of their they have that like 25 days of Christmas or something like that, a free form. So it was probably on there. You're probably you're right. So, but it's fun. I especially if you love, you know, love the Disney parks like I do. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. one of my favorite like Christmas related things that I like to watch every year is that someone someone kind of kind of someone uploaded a a Guy Fieri special where he took his family to Disney oh, yeah. Orlando. I love watching that because I love them making the candy canes and the various ice creams and the mm-hmm. cookies. And I was like, I would be so fat if I was there. Yeah. This one is more specific to the decor. Right. To the decorating. So yeah, that one's fun too. I, I'll have to recommend that one of these days. <laughs> but what's your next pick? So my next choice is, well, sticking to the theme of Christmas. It's from 1994 and well, I'm going to be reviewing it this December, and it's the Santa Claus. Uh, this is um, this was a movie that was released right around the height of Tim Allen's powers. Like mm-hmm. Home Improvement was still a really big deal. It was like the number one show or close to it. He was still doing really good in the stand-up world, and he and he was releasing movies like this. And I believe the next year he'd be in Toy Story. So it was a pretty good time to be Tim Allen. And uh, if you've never heard of it, the movie tells the story of a man named Scott Calvin, played by Alan. He's, I want to say, an ad executive. I haven't seen it in a minute, so I think he's maybe an ad executive or with toys, I think. Rachel, maybe. I think so, yeah. And, uh, well, when Santa Claus visits he and his son's home, well, Santa falls off the roof. And so... Basically, without him knowing it, Scott Calvin becomes the new Santa Claus, and over the next year, he gains weight, gets the beard, the whole shebang to his ex-wife and new husband's very much grin, though his son fully believes, and Scott really does not. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that I've, that has become a bit of a tradition. Like, my mom and I watch Home Alone every year, 
and the Santa Claus is definitely up there as well. There's there's a part of me that just really, really likes how, this is going to sound weird, but just how Christmassy the movie feels. Like just going from one Christmas to the other and seeing the transformation. And even, it kind of falls for like the standard jokes of like, see, he's getting fat, haha, and it's like kind of lowered bar stuff. But there's a really funny scene where like, like he's getting like, he's getting fatter and he has to attend this really important meeting and they're all ordering lunch and they're all ordering like salad, 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 salad. And Tim Allen's like, I'll get the Caesar, no dressing. And also vanilla milkshake, the cheesecake, a hot fudge <laughs> sundae. And it's like, like the yeah. entire dessert menu. And, and there's this great time lapse of him finally eating everything. And the head of it is like, you finished? And he's like, Yep, I'm finished now. Like that yeah. was actually pretty funny. Yeah. So this is a Christmas tradition of mine. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun movie. And I I think it's it's such a 90s movie, you know? <laughs> like it really, I mean, especially everything with his son and the like, why is his ex dating that jerk? Like, why I feel like that's the case in all family films in uh yeah. in the shout 90s. Out to, uh, shout out to Judge Reinhold. He's been good at playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but it's a fun movie. I enjoy it, too. Uh, the sequels, I don't like as much, but uh, they're watchable, I, like, I guess. I like two, and I haven't seen three in such a long time that mm-hmm. I have no real opinion of it. I just feel like it was an excuse for Tim Allen to be with Martin Short for an ex- extended period of time. Like, maybe they're yeah. friends. Who knows? So my last pick is uh, was just from last year. And I feel like it came and went and I really enjoyed it. And like, no, it just kind of got forgotten about probably because it's on streaming. It's the Lego star Wars holiday special. Um, Of course the original star Wars holiday special is infamous. Uh, Even George Lucas refuses to have it be distributed. And Jar Jar is still Canon folks. Think about that. Right. Exactly. We celebrate our day of peace. <laughs> you know, if it's embarrassing, George Lucas, it's not a good film. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, this one, on the other hand, takes all of that from the, the special and, and makes fun of it and makes fun of all things Star Wars. And it, I just thought it was really funny. I really enjoyed it. And they have all of sort of your main uh your main cast uh there i mean they have some sound alikes uh certain things but as far as the characters there like ray is there and c3po and and uh i i don't know it was just funny i i enjoyed laughing at disney is not always the best at making fun of themselves uh but um this one i thought they did a good job and i i thought it was funny yeah, I I meant to see this when it initially came out, but it was like other things came up and it was, oh man, because I love the Lego stuff and I meant to see Terrifying Tales. I've still not seen that, but I love Lego movie. I love Lego Batman movie. So it was just a matter of time not being like, mm-hmm. Ugh, none of that, please. Yeah, I think you'd like, I think you'd think it was funny. So uh, what is your, what is your next pick? So my final pick is from 2009. There's a bit of a theme there. Um, and it is the remake of Race to Witch Mountain. Now, I know some of you are going to be like, Ryan, are you really recommending that? 
it's more fun than you think. It's <laughs> it tells the story of a Vegas cabbie named Jack Bruno, played by The Rock, who runs into the this this pair of twins who turn out to be aliens. And well, they need to get back to their ship in order to get off the planet, which their ship is being confined in Witch Mountain, which is like Area 52, pretty much. It's like top, top, top secret. But there is a CIA agent played by Siren Hines who is like, yeah, you kids are going nowhere, like, like real quick. And I don't know, maybe I was just at the right age or maybe I'm just a wrestling fan and I love The Rock too much, but I've always enjoyed this movie. I, I recognize it's not Disney's best by a country mile, but it tells a pretty simple story. You have these two kids, they need to get off the planet, and the only person that can help them is this cabbie, who has a very dark past, and the movie alludes that, like, it's pretty bad, but we're not going to go too deep into it. I think that's handled very well. Uh, the Rock is in here, and he would have better performances, but I enjoyed him here. Carla Gugino is really good as well as the scientist who later helps him out. Even the mm. kids are pretty good. The girl is played by Anna Sophia Robb, who has had a ton of really good performances, and she was in the act, I believe, which Rachel, you recommended a long time ago, the mm -hmm. uh, Hulu series, and yeah. she's been in music videos recently. And The Boys, played by Alexander Ludwig, who has been in a favorite show of mine, Vikings, and he was Bjorn, the son. He's great there. And he was also in, uh, let me see, he's also in the show Heels, which is a wrestling show on stars. I strangely have not seen, and I need to fix mm -hmm. that. And now, so, this is a remake of Escape to Witch Mountain, correct? Yeah. I believe Yeah, because I, I just saw that for the first time doing Disney Scares Month, and I really enjoyed it. I, I just, I thought the, uh, the kids were really cute, and I just liked the story, and I thought it was a fun adventure. And so that was the first time I'd seen anything in this whole series, because then I think there's a sequel to Escape to Witch Mountain. I don't know if it's called Race to Witch Mountain, but I, f I feel like there's a sequel there. And then now this remake. Uh, but um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was good and it sounds like very similar plot. So it sounds like a pretty close remake. Yeah, and, uh, and if any of you have ever seen the meme of, uh, of The Rock looking in the mirror and Anna Sophia Robb saying the thing and then The Rock turning, this is the movie that it comes from. Mm. And one more thing about the movie before we sign off. The movie has one of my, as one of my more underrated, like favorite title sequences where it goes like, it says like Race to Witch Mountain and the, the actors and all of that, but it's set against like alien conspiracy theories and like Area 51 and that whole thing with really good music. And, and before all that is the Walt Disney logo where it's like the black screen, but then it's like the orange like logo where it's like the light passes through Walt Disney and then the light kind of shines. I'm sure you all know the one I mean. It, it kind of looks like a sunset or it's like there's a bit of fire going through it. And then it's like that. Hopefully you get the one that I mean. It's it's my favorite Disney logo. It's like it was in front of Pirates of the Caribbean. It was in front of Brother Bear. Like when you're going into more serious Disney stuff, but maybe not too serious, that's the one that they used. Cool. Yeah, that's a fun detail. I like keeping track of those. 
<laughs> so there we did it. We have our recommendations. <laughs> Let us know if you're listening, what you think of Home Sweet Home Alone. Did you maybe like it more than we did? Let us know, or maybe you disliked it even more than we did. Put in, if that's possible, put in the comment section. We'd love to hear your thoughts and also let us know what you've been watching on Disney Plus. They just had Disney Plus Day, which was a kind of a bust, but you can listen to me and uh, my friend Patrick. We talked about it, uh, but if, if uh, there's hopefully going to be some nice hidden gems that we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about. Watch from... our screenshots for 30 minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, so, <laughs> I'm actually... I'm actually happy that they're doing a secret invasion, but I was hoping that they might have something other than just the logo, but it was, it was weird. It was really weird, but let us know what you think. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Then there's of course my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. Uh, this past, uh, this, yesterday, this past Saturday, I was a part of the Suit Up Geeks podcast, greatest sci-fi movie of all time, Fantasy Draft. I had a ton of fun. I was a part of, with a lot of creators, including uh, Austin Putnam, uh, Matt Wyatt. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of her site, but it's uh, Manda Reviews. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Love her. And she was very nice. And mm -hmm. I had a great time the voting is going to start tomorrow so if you could please vote for me my the uh, the movies i picked for the draft are alien the terminator i'll read it uh, alien the terminator ex machina gravity the original planet of the apes the 68 version and star trek the wrath of Khan. i've Whoa. seen the other teams it's gonna be tough because they picked like back to the future and the the original blade runner and robocop I, I did a bit of a mock. Oh, your poll list is way better. I, I, I did like... a bit of a mock poll on my Twitter, and it's forty percent A. So I, I'm I'm keeping my fingers yeah. crossed. But my first matchup is against either Deebs, uh, who runs the Suit Up Geeks podcast, or I believe it's um, I can't remember his name, but it's one of those mm -hmm. two. I, I got yeah. a first round buy, but if you. Cool you want to vote for me go to my twitter at ryancam20 that's the point i'm trying to get <laughs> cool. and as far as my channel goes going to be having up re reviews up for french dispatch and home sweet home alone because i did make a review for it and hopefully it'll make you laugh because it was not worth almost not worth watching it for the review but that's not even or there i want to apologize because videos i said would be up are not up because i've been on vacation and so i was like you know what I'm just not going to edit for a week. And and there's a part of me that's like guilty about it, but felt nice. But I'm going to get back on track. Those videos will be out. Tale of Princess Kaguya review will be up. Villeneuve ranking will be up. Craig Bonds, all that stuff. Great stuff coming to the channel. Awesome. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please take a look at that. And also, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. Make sure you're checking out the Homework Keys podcast. We have so much going on over there and i would really appreciate that support we also have the patron group and merch store take a look at that and thanks so much everybody we'll talk to you all later bye bye <laughs>